You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. It's not about, it's not me-centered, but just how amazing that God allows for there to be a need so that I can take the opportunity to step into that need and to be a part of the body altogether. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor today talking about United in Harmony with two friends with me here, both who have been on the receiving end of service in the church, as well as on the other end of being able to serve the body. Joined by Lead Pastor Jose Abaroa. Jose, thanks for being here. Good morning. And also joined by Paulina De La Fuente. Paulina, thanks for being here. It is good to be here. So we are in the midst of a series. We've got one more week after this, believe it or not, but we are going through 1 Corinthians, talking about united as a body, and this week's focus on harmony. So Jose, I'd love for you to kind of open it up by just talking, sharing a little bit more, maybe about your passion and the purpose behind this message as you prepared for it this week. You know, looking back at, I love how you started it, and that started to get me thinking about what it was like to be on the receiving end of the ministry of this church, Cypress Creek Church. And it really was incredible to uh, see those that serve and look up to every every person, whether it was my college community group leader to my college pastor. And then I'd come out here on Sundays and I'd see Pastor Rob on stage and the different teaching pastors and the worship team. And um, as the years have gone by, looking back and and seeing what an incredible culture of empowerment we have. Uh, This is a church that truly empowers every person to serve versus saying, hey, here are the leaders, they're going to serve and do everything, watch and, and maybe appreciate uh, all the work that they've put in. So yeah, this this message really, um, my hope was to stir up um, everyone as we're all called to serve one another and get in the game. And so that's really what the purpose of this message was. There you go. You also totally stole my question talking about your own personal experience on the receiving end. Uh, Pauline, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as far as uh, just being in the church before serving in a capacity and even being on staff now. Uh, What was that like and how how has that impacted you as you serve uh, so many around you now? I think when I think about having come here and watching other people serve, I what stands out to me is the what you said, Jose, about just the different ways that people served. And so at first it was like I just came alongside and looked up to like my community group leader, you know, but then it was getting to know people that served in a variety of different ways and how that made me realize it's not just me becoming you know, exactly like my community group leader, it's like looking to see how they have gifts, you know, and how the other community group leader has a set of totally different gifts and uses those in a different way. And I think seeing that variety helped me see it really is where the culture isn't like become just like me and do what I do. It's like figure out what God put in you so that you can do what God has for you specifically to do. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to kind of tag on that. Uh, Throughout the series, Jose, you've been talking about just the different types of churches and how we want to be a church that is for the city. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to kind of hear both of y'all's thoughts on kind of what uh, differentiates a church that is for the city when it comes to kind of this harmony amongst serving each other, both inside. And then I know we'll talk about this next week about being on mission outside. Yeah. If we are not for one another inside the church, not necessarily inside the building, but being for one another uh, towards all those that call Cypress Church their home, 
um, it's going to be really difficult to be for the city for those outside to be on mission. So um, that's a fact. And I think that there are a lot of different things. We talked about it last week in United in Conviction when JD talked about majoring on the majors and, and minoring on on the uh, keeping the, the, the things that are uh, really the different things that are minor things, you know, away and, and not distracting us from the major things. Um, those can be distractions from the harmony that God's called us to um, live in. So it's super important to be uh, in harmony with one another inside of the church. Mm. Yeah, I, when I think about being for the city and the attitude that that brings inside the church and out, I think that the point with serving is that it's not like the role that let me just fill this one need, but it's people-centered. And I feel like that helps. That makes me feel like it's for the city inside yeah. and out because it's not, you know, for me at least coming here, it wasn't ever like we have this one specific role. We just want you to do this and only this, not to like dream and watch God move in new ways. But it was like they people brought out specific giftings in me that helped me be even more for the city because it was developed out of who God made me to be and the gifts that he gave me and not just role centered and rigid. Yeah. I tag on to that. I think to just the idea that like volunteering is great, but usually it's almost, I don't know, transactional sounds bad, but it's just kind of a one-time thing. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the body, and we're trying to invite people to be for the city, we want the people to join a local body. And that Mm -hmm. just brings along all sense of belonging and just everything else that comes with being a part of the church family versus just simply kind of just passing out a meal or doing something Mm kind of meeting a need just Mm -hmm. on a temporary basis. So that is really good. We actually have, I'm going to get into kind of the the points here about how to be united in harmony, but we have a uh, emailed question to conversations at cybercitychurch.com. Okay, don't act too surprised, but this is one of the few (laughs) by Terry Brushaver. And she has a question. She asks y'all, what is your favorite example of a church in the Bible being united in harmony and what were the results of that harmony? Wow. Huh. Well, my first thought is Antioch when you, you're not in your head. I, I figured you were going to say that. Keep going, oh, keep going. man. When Paul goes uh, to Antioch, he's basically assimilated into the church. And then they're praying as to who they're going to send out. And both Paul and Barnabas are called to be sent out from um, that church. And that really um, blesses um, Paul to go out into the nations and, and do all the wonderful things that he did in the name of Jesus. Personally, that's how I'd love to see us operate. When we gather, we build each other up mm-hmm. so that we can scatter and, and before the city, be, you know, be, be reaching out to those um, that, you know, are questioning their faith or are figuring life out, need uh, someone to come alongside them and, and share the good news of, of Jesus mm-hmm. and the hope that lives inside of us. Yeah, I I like that a lot. It makes me think with the idea of United, Paul's heart to the people that he would write to and be with, and even when he couldn't be with them, I just feel like that's the importance of gathering. You know, we can, especially the last year, I think we can, we've looked at why do we gather in person and what's the value, and I just see God's heart through Paul and his desire to be together with the body of believers. Like you said, not to stay there, but to, you know, go for the gospel, but to also be united and gather. 
I know the early church in Acts is kind of a cliche example, but I do think about that in the sense that they were all sold out on the mission together, that they were willing to give up anything that they had for the sake of. So whether it was serving someone food or just possessions or belongings, it was like, what's mine is yours. And so it's pretty high bar as far as when it comes to serving and sacrificing for each other. Yeah, we so. didn't talk about this uh, yesterday. Yesterday was the day of Pentecost. There mm-hmm. you go. So let's go. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, let's dive into how to be united in harmony. And the first point here is get in the game. And so before it comes to sharpening our gifts, or we have to be willing to first just simply get in the game. And so, Jose, I liked your analogy you used throughout the message about uh, just your your band uh, choir days, uh, directing days, and just how you started the class by simply yelling at the beginning just to get everyone kind of in that mode. I'd love to kind of ask y'all, again, being on both sides, of this, what are maybe some things that uh, stop us from getting into the game? And so, because I know, at least for myself, it's much easier to consume than focus on producing uh, when it comes to being a part of a local church. And so, what are maybe some things that kind of can be in the way, get in the way of, of somebody that's like, yeah, I, I want to get in the game, but I also don't. There's so many stereotypes in my head Um, there were so many stereotypes in my head when I started coming here of what church looked like, what was expected of me inside of church. And because of where my relationship was with Jesus at that point, um, I really felt felt a lot of guilt and uh, felt like I didn't have what it takes. I thought that this was for people that were perfect, the people that had been doing this for a long time. And um, early on, I found myself being called up to do things that I was like, no way. I, you know, I don't need to be going on this mission trip or I don't need to uh, lead the prayer time. There's other people that pray better, but it's not about being better. It's about being willing and, um, and fostering culture that calls people out. So I think our, the stereotypes that we have in our heads sometimes of what uh, God is requiring of someone to serve is what keeps us from serving. A lot mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah, I think insecurity about what I can do and, like you said, what I can bring. Um, I think not realizing that there are needs, you know, kind of taking for granted that just because, I mean, God is everything and doesn't have needs, but he, it's crazy how he just lets us be a part of the game. And so there are needs, like specific things that we can all step up and meet. And I think not seeing that um, can, has kept me from getting in the game before because it's not about, it's not me centered, but just how amazing that God allows for there to be a need so that I can take the opportunity to step into that need and to be a part of the body altogether. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Uh, I want to jump on to the next point here. Number two is know your gift. And I'll kind of hit a few things, Jose. You had four points here. So I want to highlight these under the why we have gifts before getting into knowing our gifts. So one, we have equipped and build us up. Two is depend on one another. Three, serve one another. And four, model his grace. But one of the things I want to touch on, I wrote this in my notes, Jose, was just this concept that God gets to decide the gifts and these are his gifts. You kind of used the phrase grace gifts before. And so I'd love for you to make Maybe just to expound on that a little bit about why is it important for us to understand that concept first, that it's it's in God's hands before we go forward. Yeah, when I think about talents and gifts that we all have in the workplace or in sports or in any other thing that we may do, we normally um, get accolades for that and, and we, we train, we, we uh, increase our abilities to perform in those areas. 
And spiritual gifts are different because they are a free gift of God for uh, the body of Christ. So they teach us more about who he is. These four reasons, you know, at the end in Romans 12, it tells us that we're, they really are there to emulate God's grace in our lives. So um, they're not meant to uh, outperform other people. They're not meant uh, to uh, show off how much better we are, but really they're meant to point back to Jesus as we build one another up. Yeah. Yeah, for me, knowing your gift really teaches me about humility, and it really helps keep my pride in check because humility is what's the quote that humility isn't thinking less of yourself, but yeah. thinking about yourself less. Yes. And I really like that because it's not about, like in order to know your gift, it's not to say that humility is like, I'm nothing and can't don't have anything to contribute, but it, it requires a healthy confidence that is humility. That's like, I know that God, I can see that God gifted me in some way and I can acknowledge that and yet not go so far into what you said, Jose, about competition and uh, kind of building up pride. Yeah. I can keep it in its right place in humility. And that's that's what I learned from Know Your Gift. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And let's move on to number three, which is call out, don't compare. First, when I saw call out, I was like, wait, what? But this is talking about calling out the giftings in other people and, and encouraging them. And so I'd love to just kind of, I don't want you to rehash everything, Jose, but love to just maybe expound on this point a little bit and just why it is so important. Because I know, at least for me, it's easy just in any context, let alone within the church, to just kind of compare just based on my own insecurity. So kind of what is so important about being a church that, that we just rule out comparison completely, especially when it comes to these gifts? Yeah, there's a point that um, I think God is making or Paul is making through these verses in 1 Corinthians where he's really, I mean, he, he's painting the picture of the body and how every member has a place and he gets to the point of saying the eye serves one purpose, the hand serves another. So the foot should, you know, uh, uh, say, well, I'm not the eye. And I think the, the, the flip side of that is let's call out the eye as the eye mm -hmm. and let's call out the foot as the foot. And, um, you know, if we find out our spiritual gifts by getting in the game, then those that are in the game, we have an opportunity to call out those gifts and others. And, and really, I, I see this as an improvement in definitely our family of believers, but also just in general, something we don't do enough. We do a lot more comparing than we do mm -hmm. actually calling out, hey, Paulina, when you set your mind to something and you get going, the gift of leadership comes out in you in amazing ways and you come alive. And not only that, but then other people follow you as, as you lead the communications team and the live team. And we've seen that happen in the last year as you have led. That's a gift that God has given you and we see activated. And because of that, he gets the glory not Paulina. Mm. Um, although, you know, I just gave her public <laughs> props. Um, but that's calling a gift. It, it, it brings us up and it really shows off what God is doing through our church. Yeah, it really challenges any kind of passivity to just not compare because it's like requires direct action. And honestly, it's such a good red flag of what's going on inside of us when I hesitate to call out, you know, and kind of feel that like tension inside that wants to, I think is has the insecurity in the comparison side. It's such a good tell for me of why is that, you know, coming out in me? Like, why do I feel threatened by calling out a gifting in somebody else? 
and it's not about them or their gift. It's all about me and unworked through things or insecurities or fear that if I call out somebody else, I somehow lose the gift that God gave me. And so it really, it is a good, clear challenge that when I do experience that stuff, it is, I need to let God get into those places so that that's not my reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And then going down in the text, I don't have it in front of me, but when Paul is speaking to um, the the different importance of these gifts that some are more visible, others mm-hmm. are not, but not according to God. That's mm-hmm. just based on how we see things. But yeah. God says every single gift is essential and we need all of it. And so calling out the gifts in one another, um, I think is an important part of that. A, a little story, I had um, a family in the nine o'clock gathering that came up to me and they were talking about the gifts and this lady had, you know, was crying and she was saying, I just want to know what my gift is. And what was cool is that a few weeks back, um, we had talked after the gathering, the message about something and her heart, uh, was just gushing for a, a circumstance and, and, uh, she was just so upset over somebody else's circumstance. And then, so anyway, after she stopped asking me about the gift, she then asked, uh, well, what's, um, I need prayer for this person in my life. And then she, you know, started crying again. And so it was so easy because we just mm-hmm. talked about what her spiritual gift is. And I said, so obviously you have the spiritual gift of mercy. Mm-hmm. Your compassion mm-hmm. for people is amazing. It's palpable. We're experiencing this right now. And then she looked at me and goes, I don't see that way at all. And I said, well, that may not be the way that you see yourself, but that's obviously a gift that God's given you for us for others, for the body. And um, so anyway, that was kind of cool how that happened. Yeah, that's a great, great story. Just from yesterday too. I think another way beyond just comparison, that's a characteristic of our culture that can kind of bleed into the church, but that's also competition. And that's the next point here talking about we should be complimenting, not competing. And so I'd love to hear both of y'all's thoughts on just what does a church look like to really get this right, to really be a church that is complimenting each other well and not competing, especially because, again, culturally, it's just so easy for us to just not only compare, but also compete when it comes to whether in a professional workplace or just trying to climb a ladder or just all that kind of stuff. Normally, we compete to get a prize, right? Mm -hmm. To get first place, second place, and there ain't no first place. Uh, If you want to be first, you must be last. And so that's uh, challenging enough for us as as followers of Jesus that the first will be last and that he, um, the Lord Jesus Christ, came to serve and not to be served. So that's a challenging example for us. And so there's no place for competition. Instead, um, as God, I mean, he's fully sovereign. He places people in the right places at the right time. And so complimenting um, seeing where is the need. You said that earlier, Paulina, you know, finding where's the need mm-hmm. um, and then meeting that need versus trying to beat somebody to a position or, or filling a slot. I think another important part of this is also keeping our eyes on the need versus the structure yeah. of things. And so if we get too structured, then we're, we're about filling positions. But mm-hmm. if we allow the Holy Spirit to show us the need, then that's people meeting the needs of people versus just this rigid structure that must be used in every circumstance. Yeah, Yeah, it's for me thinking about competition, it's not thinking why 
didn't I contribute that or can't I contribute whatever gift someone else is living out? It's not that, but it also, I like the compliment because again, it requires the direct action, you know, and for me, the challenge is what can I add? Like just because I'm not that person and don't have those gifts, what can I add here? And that's what it makes me think of with complimenting. And for me, I mean, like, I think complimenting, like calling things out, but then also complimenting, like going alongside. And for me, it's easier to just say, you know, like I totally trust you. And so I don't have anything to add or do this together in a way. And so that's a good challenge for me is just because it's not, why can't I do that? But it also is, what can I add or bring to it? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. And then the fifth and final point is being in tune. Jose, you mentioned here, if we focus too much on the gift and we're not concerned about being in tune, we're going to miss the opportunity here. And so kind of you summed it up by talking about 1 Corinthians 13 and how I, at least you mentioned this too, about you often hear it at weddings and just how the context here really is talking about the body and the way in which we love. And so I'd love to kind of just close out with the priority on not only why is it so important that we get this part right as far as loving others, but how do you keep love at the forefront of your service when it comes, whether it's in serving the church or just serving and loving people around you? I think God is so kind in, uh, (laughs) he's so patient with us. And many times I find myself uh, in, in the context of like Paul writing a letter to the people that are in the game, they're, they're gathering, but they just have things to, to work out. And so he's providing clear instruction. I, I find myself needing that instruction after the fact. I look back and I'm like, wow, I just did this, this, and that. And I could have just waited and, and prayed and allowed God to, you know, but, but the point of that is learn, repent, turn, and then be transformed. And so my, uh, I think uh, what this encourages me to do is to remember, remember God's love, remember what's most important, which is um, as he loves me, I am called to love others. And so if I stop focusing personally on the love, the agape, unconditional, sacrificial love that the creator of the universe has for me personally, then it's only a matter of time before my fleshly love runs out. Mm-hmm. And as I'm connected to the source of everlasting love, um, that's what keeps us, um, you know, loving people the way that God has loved mm-hmm. us. Yeah, when I walk into situations or with people and I have asked for God's heart for them or for me in that setting, then it really changes all of it. It makes me automatically in tune and I almost Bob. Pastor Bob Moss has taught me this, that the simple, like just taking a breath and remembering that God is there, that God has a heart for the people that I'm serving or for the community that I'm a part of. And for me, that's been a really practical, like just as I take a breath, I want to go into things, taking a breath and being tuned with God's heart for people. What about you, Taylor? No, yeah, I think that... Uh, one of the things I was thinking about is just even focusing on the frustrations and basically kind of doing some self-reflection and thinking about what are the things that get me frustrated when it does come to serving with people, because typically that can quickly expose my own pride, my own 
uh, basically the opposite of everything that love is described in first Corinthians 13 when I really get down to thinking about it. And so I think it's just trying to grow. I'm still growing in it. It's trying to become more self-aware so that I really can catch myself in those moments where it's like, that was not out of love. And that was out of either selfishness or insecurity or pride, usually a combination of all of those. And so I think that that's where um, not only just immersing myself in the word and reminding myself of what love does look like, but then also trying to be intentional about um, just being on the side of recognizing when I'm not showing that and seeking forgiveness and, and trying to uh, repent from that. So that would be what I would have. But we have, we have touched on being united under Jesus, united in conviction this week, united in harmony. And we've got one more week. One more. Jose, you want to tell us about it? <laughs> united on mission. So we talked about how Paul is instructing us to gather and last two chapters in 1 Corinthians, he really focuses on the resurrection. And so I'm excited to tie that in and um, how we're called to be united on mission this Sunday. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.